The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Director of Outreach Ministry at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. The Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister of Christ Universal Temple and was founded by the legendary Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. Check us out when you're in the area or online at www.cutemple.org every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time for our live stream. Or if you're in the Chicagoland area, join us in our church or at our church for our Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. We call the service Bible 365. Good Bible lessons, good music, good fellowship, a good time all around. True Transforms is a unity partnership program where, again, as unity aligns itself with those who are about transformation. So we're going to talk today about, again, how truth can transform your life. Now, today is the first show of a new series that we will be covering and the name of the series is Genesis the Creative Process again Genesis the Creative Process this is the first out of eight shows Uh, what we're going to do with this series is explain the first chapter of Genesis metaphysically interpreted and we're going to take uh, every show and explain one day. So it's obviously seven days in a creative process, but we're going to do eight shows because today we're going to just lay some foundation for the rest of the shows. So today's show will focus on what the creative process is. That's the first chapter of Genesis, how, how ideas come into manifestation and basically explain the first two chapters, excuse me, not chapters, two verses in Genesis chapter one and what they represent metaphysically. Then we can start next week with let there be light and the week after that, let there be firmament or let there be a dome, depending on the translation that you're using. The main point is this. We want to make sure that by explaining the creative process, we understand how ideas come into manifestation. That's the whole point. So I want to lay down some foundation first. When we start talking about interpreting the Bible metaphysically. Metaphysical Bible interpretation is understanding or or viewing or looking at the Bible to 
to pull out of it the spiritual principles that underlie the Bible, not the surface literal meaning. Uh, the Bible is obviously a book that was written by, uh, and for those who might be offended by this, please don't, by human consciousness at different levels. I know, you know, we normally say, well, okay, the Bible is the word of God. Okay, but the word of God is 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 meant symbolically. It's not stand. It doesn't mean the words of God. In other words, when you read Exodus 25, 8, that means God means this. It was written at different stages of consciousness. And because it's, it was written by different stages of consciousness, by different men throughout hundreds of years, it's little nuances in the text that from a human level can be researched forever. But when you start dealing with the metaphysical, the beyond the surface literal interpretation or beyond the surface literal interpretations or beyond the surface cultural interpretations, beyond the, the surface linguistic interpretations, we're talking about the movements of mind. And anytime you're dealing with the Bible in general, you're talking about the story of humanity's generation, degeneration, and regeneration. What does that mean? Creation and also our, and I don't like to use the term, the biblical term is fallen consciousness, but fall of man, but actually the term means how our forgetfulness or our spiritual amnesia and then regeneration, which is is the bringing or recreating or or or, or manifesting our true original nature so we normally go through the process okay if i'm a spiritual being then how come my life doesn't function uh spiritually that's because we have a sense of separation not separation a sense of separation from god so the regeneration process is the reawakening of the soul to the truth of the spiritual nature so when the soul realizes that it's not just a awareness alone but beyond that awareness is the truth is the image and likeness of God, that reawakening is what we call regeneration. So when we're studying the Bible, we're studying the Bible from the standpoint of it being a guidebook of the soul of humanity. So when I'm studying the Bible, I'm actually studying the, the evolution of my own soul. When you study the Bible, you're actually studying the evolution of your own soul. So every character, every place, every name, um, represent something within the soul of the individual. Uh, every hero, every villain, etc., waters and earth and, and towers and mountains and valleys, all those things are symbolic of things in consciousness. So when we understand that, it makes it a little bit easier for us to function uh, with the Bible because we're not trying to take things so literally, but we're actually looking for the principles that can actually am power us so also before we uh, before we go e even deeper into this story i also want to remind you that the genesis story is not literal history it is not literal history when you read genesis chapter one matter of fact you read the first 11 chapters of the book of genesis you're not really dealing with historical characters in general but the first chapter of genesis is actually 450 to 500 years younger than the second and third, starting with the Adam and Eve story at Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. So when you understand that, you realize that it's not even a chronological order. 
but this writing of the Genesis story, chapter one, was written by the priestly writers, which were writers who were writing many years after the the Jewish people had gone through some issues with uh, being removed from the land and wars and separation, et cetera, and they were trying to reestablish certain dynamics. I'm not going to get into that because that's a lot of technical history, and this show is about the metaphysics. But I want to remind you that you're not reading literal history. You're not reading this is how the world was created. You're not reading this is what God did way back when, et cetera, et cetera. What you are reading is a symbolic way of showing how ideas come into manifestation. You're reading a systematic, orderly way of how thoughts become things. You're reading a systematic way of showing you how to bring forth the demonstrations that you want in your life. So you're not reading history. The the first chapter of Genesis is an allegory. And for this show, the word allegory means a story told and symbol to depict a spiritual truth. A story told and symbol to depict a spiritual truth. So when you read the story, you're getting the spiritual truth out of it. Now, when you start talking about creation, because this is the creative process, the creative process is the steps that we need or need to go through to bring forth the manifestation of an idea in a way that it was created to function. Charles Fillmore talks about in The Revealing Word under creation, I think this is really good. He says, creation is the original plan of an idea in spirit. Back of the visible universe are both the original creative ideas and those that are brought forth as earthly things. So he says behind what you see as visibility is the original creative idea. Now, what this is saying to me is simply this, that God's creations are always spiritual. It is the consciousness of humanity. It is the awareness of being. It is the thinking, feeling process that brings the unformed into the formed, formless into the form, the invisible to the visible. We, God is not creating things. God is creating the ideas that become things. And it's clear that we differentiate because when we understand that, we're actually working with the universal primal substance of the, uh, uh, that God created in the beginning we call substance. And when we're working with bringing an idea and a manifestation, we're really only working with substance. We're not working with things. We're working with our minds. Only. Only. Fillmore goes on to say, the order of creation is from the formless to the formed and from the invisible to the visible. This goes on perpetually. And there is never a beginning or an ending to the process. So according to this, in the beginning is all the time. Every time you have that new idea, every time that uh, that light bulb moment happens in consciousness, that's in the beginning God. And it's parallel in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, in the beginning was, uh, with the word of God, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if the creation is spiritual 
and you can only work with spirit through your mind, then this is obviously something that is not necessarily being detected until it is manifested by your five senses. So it is important that you realize that as well. So let's jump into the text and actually read the text so we can work with it. Now, I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, but then I'm going to uh, have a couple of comments about that. Genesis chapter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Now, some translations say in the beginning God created and the word wind is not there. And in some translations, instead of saying wind of God, it says the spirit of God. Now, let's deal with this term in the beginning, God, because when we read that term in the beginning, we think chronologically. We think that we're actually reading about uh, an actual moment in time. Again, this isn't literal history. The word in the beginning, God, does not mean a specific time. It is talking about the creative process. It's talking about God's omnipresence, omniscience, omnipotence. In other words, God is, God was, God is, God will be. I am that I am. That's in the beginning. In the beginning means no time. In other words, this isn't something that you can process with the human intellect. Because in the beginning, God does not try to describe when that is. In the beginning, God doesn't even try to describe who and what God is. In the beginning, God doesn't even try to describe describe where does God come from. In the beginning, God presumes that God just is. And because God just is, the term is being used as a phrase just to transition us into the understanding that everything begins with God. God is the creator. Now, so when it says in the beginning, God or in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth. The word create is, uh, in Hebrew, in the first chapter of Genesis, is only used for God. Now, this is important because they had different words, just like in the English language, where you can use many words to say the same thing. But in Hebrew, the word create in the first chapter of Genesis is used only as a word that confirms divine authority. So in the beginning, God creates or God created means this is something only God can do. The metaphysician or the metaphysical student uses the term ideation. In other words, the bringing forth of God's divine ideas. Again, not anything physical, just God's divine idea. So in the beginning, God, in the beginning, God created. And I want to backtrack for a moment because I jumped over something. In the beginning, God. The word God in the first chapter of Genesis is different than when you get to the Adam and Eve story, which is Lord God. In the first chapter of Genesis, 
the word God means Elohim or Elohim depends on who's saying it and Elohim is in the context of the first chapter of Genesis is a creator God that creates by decree or command. When we get to the steps, it'll be let that be, let that be, let that be, let that be. And through command or through the word, again, remember John in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Through the word, creation is brought forth. So when you say in the beginning, in the beginning, God, creator, principle. So when we start talking about God as Elohim, for the metaphysician, for the metaphysical Christian, for the biblical mystic, for the Bible student, the word Elohim in this context is talking about God as divine spirit or universal principle or divine law universal intelligence, but mainly this means God is the one and sole creator. There's no duality in this term or anything like that. So it is important to be reminded that no matter what, God is the creator. One presence, one power. One presence, one power throughout the universe. And when we understand in the beginning God then we need to backtrack and say, okay, am I thinking, am I feeling, am I believing, am I speaking, am I acting, am I reacting from the standpoint of in the beginning God, in the beginning God created? Because if God's essential character or nature is absolute good, and what I'm seeing is showing up is not expressing that, then we need to recognize that this is an adulteration of creation. It's not how God intended it. So I want to hear from you. Again, I, we have a lot to teach today, but I want to make sure I do get an opportunity to hear from you. Give me a call at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. Give me a call. Don't forget that this uh, radio show and all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your donations. Uh, so click on the donate button and support and give back so other people can be blessed as you're being blessed. Also remember that Unity Online Radio has a cruise in November, a cruise in the Caribbean. You can log on to unity.fm forward slash cruise or call 800-828-4813 and tell them that Reverend McDowell sent you. Make sure that Make sure that you check these things out. There's a lot of good things going on right now. Again, give, give us a call. And we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? 
How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart-Centered Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. turning five this year and we're throwing the biggest bash of all a cruise to the caribbean november 10 through 17 2012 we'll celebrate in style aboard holland america lines eurodam with sunshine fine dining and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the eastern caribbean plus feed your spirit with music message and meditation Your favorite hosts will be there, and we hope you will join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, visit www.unity.fm forward slash cruise. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, welcome back to Truth Transforms. Today, we're talking about Genesis, the creative process. And this is a new series where we are discussing the first chapter of Genesis and what it represents metaphysically and how we can use the principles taught in it to bring ideas into manifestation. So it's important for us to lay a foundation first. So before I actually get into the actual shows and uh, go through each day on each individual show for the next seven shows after this one, I wanted to make sure that I do lay some foundation. So this show might be a little heavy as far as information is concerned. But I, I do want to make sure that I do lay a foundation so when we go forward, you can refer back to this and say, oh, okay, this is what he meant when he said this, this, and this on that first show. So, again, as we're talking about the first two verses in Genesis chapter 1 today, we've talked about in the beginning and what that represents, that we're not dealing with time. We're talking about only, only only God's omnipresence, God's omnipotence, God's omniscience. We're talking about that God is the creator and there is no time in God because there is no means of measurement in God because to have time, you have to have measurements and you have to have two points. You got to say, we're going from here to here. And that space between that, those two points creates what we call measurement and the measurement creates time. So there is no time in God. So in the beginning has nothing to do with time and and the word create, again, is a word that we would call in Christian metaphysics ideation or the bringing forth or birth of divine ideas 
because if God is divine mind, then God has ideas. The Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman used to always tell us that I'm a, I am an idea in the mind of God. That was her way of reminding people that you're not limited to the physical form that you think you are, that you're actually an unlimited expression of God. And that unlimited expression of God is God's idea of itself or the image likeness, which we'll get to down the line. The main point that I'm trying to get across is when you're reading the chap first chapter of Genesis or reading the Bible in general, you're reading about your own consciousness only, every character, every place, every name. Now, getting back to the story, it says, in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the, the phrase heavens and the earth in Hebrew just means God created everything. God created everything. Heavens and earth, that's all it means. But when you get into the deeper levels of the metaphysics, you're talking about heaven, the heavens and the earth represents heaven or heavens represents the ideal and the earth represents the manifestation. So in the beginning, God created the ideal and the means for that ideal to come into manifestation. So it's important for us to realize that the process of manifestation is consciousness. Again, the creation is spiritual. So how do spiritual ideas become things? They become things through the process that we call consciousness or awareness of being. I want to read this definition from Charles Fillmore because I think it's really good on consciousness so we can get an idea of what I'm talking about. He says, consciousness, the sense of awareness, of knowing, the knowledge or realization of any idea, object, or condition, the sum total of all ideas accumulated in and affecting man's present being, the composite of ideas, thoughts, emotions, sensation, and knowledge that make up the conscious, subconscious, and superconscious phases of mind. It includes all that man is aware of, spirit, soul, and body. I would add that it also contains everything you are not aware of. Because the majority of consciousness is unconsciousness, whether that's in the superconsciousness or the Christ mind, or subconscious, which is below the surface of your conscious thinking. So it's important for you to realize when you start talking about the totality of consciousness, consciousness is the means through which divine law, working on divine substance, brings manifestation into or brings ideas into manifestation or experience. So when you want to make a thought a thing, you have to realize that there is the level of mind working with it at the level of the ideal, and then there's the manifestation. And the manifestation is brought forth by work with the mind the mind the mind it is so important that we realize that so in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning when God formed the ideal and the manifestation the mind and the manifestation the earth was form was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep now let's deal with this what this means is that the when it says the earth was formless or a formless void, this means that 
it is unformed awareness at this point. Again, consciousness is how we bring an idea into manifestation. So when we start talking about formless void, we're actually talking about God as substance. God as substance. Now, Ernest Holmes has a beautiful way of saying this and talking about this, and then I'm going to read something from Charles Fillmore, because this was so good that I did not want to lose it. He says in The Science of Mind on page 65, the word of God spoken within himself sets the law, which is also himself, into motion. The result is creation. The word is the mold while acting through law produces form. That's pretty good. That's produced. That's, in other words, it's saying that God creates through some interaction upon itself. Because if God is all and it's in the beginning God, then God has to move on God to create. So God as law, God as intelligence, God as spirit moves on God as substance and through divine law brings forth manifestation. So it's important that we realize and understand this. He also says on page 64, if we suppose spirit to be the life principle running through all manifestation, the cause of all, then we must suppose that it has substance within itself. It is self-existent consciousness, consciousness with a capital C, and it is also self-existent substance. Spirit makes things out of itself through some inner act upon itself. This inner act must, of course, be an act of consciousness, of self-perception, of self-knowingness. What God knows is this has been called the word of God and the self-contemplation of God. So when we realize that God as substance is the formless void, we can understand that we're creating out of the original mind essence or creator potential or possibility of God. If you look at the earth as a formless void being the the possibility to, of being anything, you you can grasp it because I like to say God is no thing, so God could be anything and everything I need in my experience. God is no thing, not nothing. God is no thing. And since God is no thing, God can be anything or any shape or any form in the sense of do I need God to be my health and life in my body, the substance or supply in my life, the love in my expression, the wisdom that guides me. We can go through this over and over again and realize that substance, as Charles Fillmore says, is the divine idea of the underlying reality of all things. He said, goes on to say, substance is everywhere present, pervades all things and inspires to action. It underlies all manifestation and is the spiritual essence, the living energy out of which everything is made through substance all the attributes of being are expressed. Expressed. It sustains and enriches any idea that is projected into it. Now, 
what is this saying? This is a lot of, again, heavy talk. And I said earlier that this show would have a lot of heavy information in it because I want to lay some foundation for what we'll be talking about earlier, which will be simplified. Substance from the standpoint of metaphysical teachers is simply saying that there, that's, that which stands under or beyond or supports what we call matter or the physical universe is the idea. And the idea is limitless. And the idea could be anything. If you study, people who study quantum physics know that if you uh, go beyond the atomic level into the quantum level, that how a thing is perceived changes what we call physical reality only based upon how it's being perceived. So the observer changes what is being observed through the act of consciousness. So you look at it one way, it's a wave. You look at it another way, it's a particle. Why? They don't know why. They do know that consciousness can influence what we call physical reality at the, at the most primal level. This is because they're starting to understand that thought shapes the universe. Now, this is important because when we realize this, this is the key to prosperity, this is the key to health, and, and many things. Uh, the founder of Christ Universal Temple and the Universal Foundation for Better Living, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, used to say that the substance of God is like a great big piece of cookie dough, and your mind is like a cookie cutter. The dough is formless and shapeless, and the mind, like a cookie cutter, cuts out of the formless dough the shape that it needs. So she would say, she would talk about baking cookies during the Christmas season, and you have the Christmas tree. And you have, you know, the Santa Claus, and et cetera. And the mind is doing that same thing. When we create the image, we create a pattern and substance that substance will mold itself to and through the activity of divine law, bring into manifestation in our lives. This is really important because when we get this, we can go forward and understand that we're always talking about the formless void. We're always talking about that which is formless and shapeless becoming a thing. So through thought, through the thinking process, we actually are forming and molding substance. She would also tell people during uh, spiritual healing uh, lessons that your body is the radiant substance of God. And what she was trying to get people to understand was that you are created out of the pure primal uh, energy, uh, spiritual energy of God. I don't want to confuse this with material energy. And because of that, your body can be molded by the thoughts you think, the feelings you feel, the beliefs you hold, and the words you say. Because substance is molded molded by the pattern in mind. So, so what this story is telling us is the earth or manifestation or the substance was formless originally. And it says, and darkness covered the face of the deep. Now, this just means that it's still at a level of unconsciousness. Darkness is not bad. Matter of fact, it is in darkness that many things are created. Dr. Rocco Errico talks about this best in the book, Mysteries of Creation. Uh, this is page 87. He says, in the darkness of the womb, Life is conceived. In the darkness of the soil, 
seeds germinate. In the darkness of the inner mind, ideas are born. Darkness is nature's time of rest, formation, incubation, rejuvenation, and secret rendezvous of invisible powers and unseen realities. So that's what's going on in this process of darkness. It's not anything that's evil. This is the process of the potential waiting to be brought forth. So over the face of the deep, waters metaphysically, one of the metaphysical symbol uh, uh, symbolisms of water is, or the deep is, unexpressed possibility or unexpressed potential. So right now you have formless substance or the void, and you have no activity on the potential or the possibilities of life because it's in a state of 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 is it's in its primal state waiting to be shaped and formed. So it says while a wind from God, or some translations said the spirit of God swept over the face of the waters. So when divine intention is brought to possibility, no thing becomes a thing. This is key. When intention is brought to no thing, no thing becomes a thing. When intention is brought to possibility, possibilities become demonstrations. So it is important for us to realize that life will stay in a state of of unmanifest. Uh, in other words, our good will stay in the invisible side of life until we have some intentional thought, feelings, and beliefs to move and create the shapes uh, or manifestations we want in our lives. So, yet again, in the beginning God, in the beginning divine principle. So when we're working and thinking in alignment with principle, we are actually activating this spiritual potential, this earth, we're activating our potential or our possibilities, this water, this divine substance becomes a thing or is beginning to be shaped into a thing. So what the next seven uh, shows will be about, about the seven days will be how does the formless substance and possibilities of God become definite things? Again, I would like to hear from you. So please give me a call. Let me know what you're thinking about the show. If you have any questions, call me at 888-558-6489. Just a reminder for those who do want to hear me, if you're in the Chicagoland area, tonight I'll be doing uh, the Wednesday evening service lesson. Uh, and the lesson will be uh, Saul and David, the call to lead. And I will be comparing Saul's call to lead to David's call to lead. In other words, how do they lead Saul representing the personal will and David representing love and human consciousness? Also, I'll be at the Panorama of Truth uh, in Toronto, Canada in August. And for those who would like to hear me speak there or come check it out, you can go to www.ufpl.org. Make sure, again, that you're checking out the Christ Universal Temple website, www.cutemple.org. Check out the live stream on Sunday mornings. This Sunday, we'll be celebrating the founding of the Universal Foundation for Better Living by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. So I would like to hear from you. 
And when we come back, we'll again just kind of review what we've covered today because I've covered the first two chapters already. So, I mean, first two verses. So, I would like to hear from you. Please give me a call. And we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. What I desire for myself, I desire for all beings. There is only one presence and one power at work in the universe. As I align myself with this truth, I set in motion ripples of peace, harmony, and abundance throughout the world. In a quiet time of prayer, I center my thoughts on the perfect peace within me. There is no lack, no separation, only the wholeness of peace. I affirm aloud, I am peace. You are peace. We are peace. I rest for a moment, feeling my heart expand as peace radiates from me. I envision a world in which all beings live in harmony, free from lack, free from violence, and at peace. One by one, each of us creates this peace for all. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Here on Unity FM, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you are seeking? Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, for The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We have a caller on the line. Gavin, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you, Reverend McDowell? I'm excellent. Thank you. How about yourself? Pretty good. Had a uh, quick question for you. Um, you know, I, I hear you talking about intention and, and bringing things, you know, into the manifest from the unmanifest. I'm wondering. I, I've also heard you teach about uh, relinquishing our attachment, not having attachment to things um, in order to have things manifest. So I'm wondering: is, is there a conflict in that when you're saying have intention on what you want to bring, but also before you teach? Don't don't have attachments. How, how do those two work together? Well, okay, that's a great question. Well, what I would say is there's a difference between attachment and intention. 
Uh, okay. I think the the intention is the commitment to what you want to bring forth into existence. You know, uh, if you want to uh, manifest a certain level of prosperity or healing, that doesn't attachment is when you are your feelings and um, your belief in or, or self worth is attached to or connected to. Let me not use the same word to explain the word connected to the outcome. Attachment is when you think you're the outcome or you're the experience. Um, many times when I talk about don't be attached to a thing, I think I, the term I use is enjoy everything, need nothing, because the word need many times comes out of a sense of lack. But intention just okay. means that in spirit, you have to have some level of directed thought, whether that's directed thought is the thought that was given to you through your own inner prayer and meditation which activates the intention of God or God's will in your experience or through you saying, okay, I need to move up. I need to pick up my bed and walk, as they say in the Bible, and make sure that I am creating new opportunities for myself with my intentional thought, with my intentional feelings, with my intentional beliefs. So when we are functioning from commitment, we are actually saying, this is what I want to bring forth. And we're being pulled to our dream, pull to our goal instead of many times with our attachments. Our attachments many times bring stress and frustration because we think that um, the value of ourselves is connected to what we want to bring forth. Now, from a new thought perspective, we're already perfect, whole, and complete right. spiritually. Therefore, my intention to bring forth something is not to make me whole, but to enjoy my wholeness. Or say, for instance, um, a person had an intention to, uh, they wanted to get, uh, a, a, a husband wanted to get a house for his wife and kids. I wouldn't tell a person not to have a desire, because we teach the desire is God tapping at the door of your soul, saying there's more good to express in your life. The challenge that comes into play is when it doesn't happen as fast as we want or some things don't go the way we think they should go, our attachment puts our self-worth. Well, what type of man am I if I can't get a, uh, a house for my family or in, a, in the neighborhood I want and et cetera, et cetera? We put all type of extra stuff on attachment that's not with commitment. So, so, intention, so if you do like a – you know, a, a vision board or a treasure map or, or whatever people want to call it, and you put the house on there, that that's not attachment. That is just intention. That's intention, right. Attachment is is when you put your self-worth, your self-worth is connected to it. Because when you, anytime you feel as though you're attached to something, it, it can control you. What it does controls you because it affects you. You can't be attached to anything. If a person's married, what their spouse does can affects them because they're attached to them. But when you're committed okay. to a thing, your commitment is just this is what I want to bring forth. For instance, um, if when you're attached, you care about how it's done. When you're committed, you just want it done. See, many times when people are attached to a thing, they want it to show up a specific way. At a specific time, etc. Mm -hmm. When you're committed to a thing, uh, and let me use the example that people would would recognize, uh, Martin Luther King. He was committed to African Americans having the same civil rights 
as uh, as Caucasian Americans. And he was committed to that. Now, did that mean that he knew exactly how all of that was hap- going to happen? No. And was he attached to it at a certain extent? Yes, but he wasn't attached at the necessary outcome uh, of how he was. A, he was attached to the what this needs to happen. So his actions right. were driven by his commitment, not necessarily his attachment. Attachment is not a bad thing, by the way, except when we allow ourselves to be pulled in by our attachments. There's nothing wrong with having a heart for things. You know, I couldn't imagine a life without some level of passion. But the but what ends up happening is. We think that, now I'm saying we, I'm using that generically. We think that if we uh, just sit back and say, okay, God will handle it all, then life will just automatically work. There's no such God. There's no God that cleans up the floor when we spill our milk. God has mm-hmm. placed within us the potential, the possibility, the power to handle our and create our own lives. It's, it's sort of like a seed. A seed is, is, is organized potential. Therefore, when you put the seed in the proper setting, the soil with the space that allows it to grow, it will it will create its own experience. It will the oak the uh, the acorn in the right setting will grow an oak tree every time. Every time because it, it the intention is placed within the seed. Well, we're free will beings. And because we're free will beings, we can say, no, God, I don't want to grow. Therefore, we have to be intentional, even if our intent is, God, give me your intent and will. But you can't say that will be done if you don't have control of your own mind. You know, so sometimes with spiritual teachers, and this is my opinion, obviously, just tell people, well, don't worry about it. Take no thought. And I know that's a term that Jesus used, but we have to put that in its context. Um, and you know, don't have any desires, and God will will unfold through you. These people are talking about a certain level of consciousness that most people aren't uh, haven't yet attained. Therefore, these people who write these things have already done the mental work. They've already gotten somewhat control of their emotions. They already are living some level of a, a life with spiritual disciplines. Therefore, they can go forward with. I can let go and let God and let spirit flow through me as the intent because they're at that level of space spiritually. What about the average Joe and the average Jane? The average Joe and average Jane, you tell them don't have desires, don't have intent. Only thing they're going to do is then look up and say, well, how come God isn't fixing it? How come God didn't heal my mom when she had the whatever? Or how come God didn't heal dad? Or how come God didn't save my child? Or how come God didn't stop my boss from firing me? People start thinking that there uh, that is a God that's out there that's going to save them from the everyday ordinary experiences. So we need to just work with that. But we got a couple of extra calls. I'm going to try to knock out Gavin. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. We have Elizabeth up next. Thank you. Elizabeth, are you there? Who? Okay. Well, we have a couple of callers here. Elizabeth, are you there? I'm right here, Galen. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Hi, Reverend Liz. I need you to ask the question really quickly, please. I sure will. I just want to confirm for myself what I've gotten thus far from your uh, explanation of the first chapter of Genesis. 
Are you saying that the allegory of creation depicted in the first chapter of Genesis does not describe what was actually created, but more so prepares each of us to see that which is stated can be reduced to ideas? That's absolutely correct. I couldn't have said it better. We're only talking about ideas moving in consciousness. Yes. All right, absolutely. my love. What? One other, one other, I don't know if you'll have time to elaborate on this or not, but this is a statement from uh, Fillmore's book, Dynamics for Living. And Fillmore makes a statement that says, God created not the earth as it appears, but that which produced the earth. Does that tie into your allegory of creation? Yes, it does, because that's what I was explaining about the formless void in the earth representing the manifestation. So the idea is no different than our physical bodies. God created the idea of it and consciousness produces it. So what we call our physical bodies is only our understanding or awareness of what that looks like. But the body idea is perfect. Always. Thanks, Reverend Liz. You're welcome. I kept my word. Thanks. God bless. All right. Okay. Uh, Do we have Porter online? Okay, Porter. Hi, how you doing? I'm great, uh, Reverend McDowell. How are you? It's been great uh, listening to uh, this lesson today on the uh, creative process in, in the beginning and um, and the questions that have also come in and, and your uh, ability to really break this down. But consciousness, and what I'm kind of getting from uh, this lesson and what I'd like you to elaborate on is I'm, I'm getting that there's like really one consciousness. Well, uh, well, one, for, one mind. Right, right. Out of well, which, okay, uh, go ahead. Excuse me. The creative process produce, produces itself. Okay, well, the that's a good question. Produces itself in the way of demonstration. What we demonstrate. Right, right, right. And I wasn't trying to cut you off, so I apologize for that. I got like a minute and a half, so let me. Oh, okay. Wrap this up. Uh, Thanks for yeah, taking the call. No problem. Uh, divine mind. God, spirit, universal consciousness is all in all. And we're ideas in the mind of God. We are so we are awareness within the supreme awareness or consciousness within the supreme consciousness. Therefore, God, as the ideal individual awareness, is acting upon itself to bring forth results or produce results. So there is only one mind, the mind of God. And we have consciousness within that one mind. And the activity of our consciousness moves on the one consciousness that allows us to produce what we say we have in our lives. So it's important for us to realize that we're only really talking about one mind, one life, one intelligence, one source, one substance. That's it. Right. Only. So it's so. thank you for the question. I got about 20 seconds to wrap the show up. But thanks for the call, and I appreciate it. And keep listening, okay? Will do. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Well, those are three great questions. And next week, we're going to pick up on let there be light and what let there be light represents in our own consciousness so we can go forth and manifest these wonderful ideas that God has placed within us. So please tune in next week. We're going to work this Genesis process so you can bring forth the life that you desire. Thank you. God bless you. And I'll hear from you next week with Truth Transforms. Take care. 
Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Good parenting doesn't happen by default. It's intentional. It's a decision about who you'll be and what you'll do in your family life. Join your hosts, Reverends Jennifer and Ogan Holder, each week for Unity Family Matters as they guide you on a spiritual journey, creating conscious family life. Experience the light side of parenting, realizing your divine identity while raising your children to know they are the light of God. Gain insights based on Unity principles. Talk with today's prominent experts in spiritual parenting and address your questions and comments from spiritual perspectives. Unity Family Matters, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Circe points out in her book, Do Greater Things... There is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Ever have those days when you think life isn't all that you thought it could be? Well, it's our thinking that creates the canvas of our life's masterpiece. When we are ready and willing to step into a new way of thinking, our world literally begins to shift and grow into something bigger and brighter than we ever imagined. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on the Unity Online Radio Network. Be sure to join us every Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern to hear in-depth conversations with leading teachers, authors, and musicians in the world of spirituality and new thought. Listen in and open up Spirituality Today, where life keeps getting better and better. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in 
to the Spirit Matters Podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.